You are listening to the realestatepodcast.ca. Brought to you by JNC Toronto Real Estate Group. Oh, well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the realestatepodcast.ca. I'm John, one of your hosts, along with Nicole and Cheryl. We make up the JNC Toronto Real Estate Group based here in Toronto. Actually, here in our shed in Leslieville, <laughs> Toronto, Canada. We started the Real Estate Podcast to share our experiences as Toronto realtors, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Our goal is to educate and entertain. This podcast is for anyone that's interested in real estate from the general public, investors, enthusiasts, realtors, landlords, tenants, and more. We are real estate for the masses. Uh, and before we dive deeper into it, our disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any any entities they represent. If I can say this, I think sometimes the views and opinions of us might not represent us tomorrow. <laughs> Changing viewpoints are kind of a given when it comes to our team. And, and also, you know, you never know what's going to happen tomorrow that changes what we said. So, um, so yeah, today's episode is called, So You Want to Be a Realtor. Uh, Cheryl, how many times have we heard, oh, you're a realtor. I was thinking of getting my license. What do you usually say? <laughs> is the question how many times have I heard it? Or is the question, what do I usually say? <laughs> Let's call it a two-part question. <laughs> Answer the a lot, one. because people have um, a false assumption that it's an easy job and you can make lots of money and you can run your own schedule. I mean, you can, but if you want to be successful, it's all the time. Yeah. Um, and what I usually say is probably different than what you two usually yeah, say. Yeah, let's go through what everybody says. <laughs> sure. I'm like, same as cruise ships, don't do it. <laughs> and not as your disclaimer, it's not because I don't love my job. It's just because I know how hard it is. Yeah, it's not for everybody. No. It's so funny, it goes to all the personalities. So you say, don't do it. I say, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then I let them talk more. And then... And then you decide if they're if it's worthy to tell them how hard it is or what you have to do. I think a lot will depend on what they say as to why they want to become a realtor, yeah, right? True. Yeah. So you get to choose your own hours. You make great money. Like we're gonna cover a lot of these points that are positives and negatives and misconceptions. I hear a lot, and I can see how people would think this, but I really like houses. Like, yeah. it's so little it's such of it. It's smart. Yeah, smart. that's not... smart. It's such a smart part of our job. <laughs> Honestly, a small part of our well, job. Hey, I live in a house. Yes. So I yes. should be a realtor. Yes. I love houses. <laughs> we have to know houses. We have to know the ins and outs of what it takes to build a house or what to look for in a house. But you're right. It's such a small portion of what mm -hmm. we do because mm -hmm. we're entrepreneurs. That's so it. we're self-employed and there are so many levels of what it is that entails. Our and job. we're going to dive deeper into that. The entrepreneurship part. Um, Can the... I ask you? Sure. What do you say? Oh, I say, okay, that's, that's great. You know, um, it's not the easiest of jobs, but for the right type of person, if I say if you're driven and yeah. if you're motivated and you've got a really good mindset, sky's the limit. However, yeah. there's a lot of people that just, I know that would not be great realtors, including some of our friends, family members, colleagues, clients that uh, I don't think would be a good fit, but hey, who am I to judge? Mom, you would not be a good realtor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Imagining Quit picking on mom. your mom. Yeah. Your mom, yeah. Um, well, we thought we would do an episode on just what it is like to become a realtor. Um, how exactly do you become an agent? Um, and you know, we get asked all the time, "What is it like? Do we like it?" And you know, there's a lot of people that have said, "Oh, you know, I was thinking of trying it out. 
As soon as I hear trying it out, yeah. it's like, okay. You got to kind of be all yeah. in to make it work. Exactly. Is that, is that while expanse. you're going to be doing <laughs> yeah. your regular job, uh, you know, as a marketing person or tech or IT or car salesman or Working plumber or electric? Yeah, exactly. Did somebody from Bell Canada? <laughs> How many Bell Canada people yeah. do you know? <laughs> Um, yeah, so we're going to be brutally honest, give you some pros and cons, and of course we're going to give you some anecdotes just for shits and giggles. Well, our experience, right? Because I think all of us decided to do it for different reasons, and all of yeah. us had different assumptions on what it would be like, and, you know, yeah. our words are escaping me right now. <laughs> and it's a wild our ride. Journey, our journey have all been, our journeys have all been a little bit different. It is a wild ride. I think all of us can say without a doubt, although we're different people, we've all had a wild ride. Yeah. Completely yeah. different from one and another. And if we had four or five other realtors, their journey and their story would be totally different. Absolutely. So, multifaceted. It's not a one size fits all job. No. Right? And Which is, I think, why people think that they would like the job. Yeah. And there are people with very different personality types to ourselves, different uh, uh, friends and family groups, different business experience that can become fantastic realtors. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. You can have a wide variety of skill sets that can be beneficial to being a realtor in certain areas. But at the top, I think you have to have entrepreneurial mindset. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You have to be driven. For those of you that think that we're just door openers, and I do get some people that say that, I wanna talk um, just a little bit about some of the hours that we have put in. Um, we covered in our holding offers video uh, that we did and also our holding offers podcast, which was episode two, that it can take a few hours to do comparables uh, before even deciding to book showings. And that's if we're working with a buyer client to see if, you know, a, a client sends over 10 or 15 properties, you know, you have to have a, d a deep dive into those um, maybe before you even choose to go and see which ones you're going to look at. And that can be that can be hours. Uh, by the way, how many properties did you show last week? I was just asked to John. So I haven't counted the seven day, but in five days, we did 51 properties. Okay. And never mind even just doing comparables, but silly stuff that you don't think about, like Google mapping the route and then trying to book it and then getting bumped on confirmations and tenants and this and that. And even that would take hours, right? So yeah. even if you say one hour for travel and showing time, one hour maybe for prep and comparable time, that's already 50 hours and you haven't even decided it, or your clients haven't even decided if they like any of them. Right. Yeah. And then if they like them, then what that entails. That's right. We haven't even started yet, really, right? We're still at the door opener phase and it's already been. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, comes to the territory. That's part of being yeah, a realtor. Sure. But I want folks that are thinking about becoming a real estate agent to, to, realize. to, to realize this. Uh, Cheryl is our numbers queen, as we all know. And uh, we were just doing some tracking with a couple that we've been working with for over a year now. And uh, how many properties have they sent over to you that you've actually done some comparable work on? I wasted a couple of my hours a couple of days ago because we're at a point where we need to have some difficult conversations with them on how many houses they've sent over and wanted more information on, wanted to know if it was going to sell in their budget, wanted to know if there was a home inspection, et cetera, et cetera. This is just me go, like, going and searching their email address in my email and going through quickly. So I may have missed some but 170 mm -hmm. properties that we've done information. And a lot of times I can say to them by looking at it, this isn't gonna fall in your budget or this, you know, dependent on whatever they've said to us about what their wants and needs are, like maybe this doesn't, you know, fit your sure. wants and needs. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it is 
showing them why. Yeah. So you do still have to do those comparables and say, this is the reason why it's going to sell outside of your budget or why it's not going to fit your wants and needs yeah. here. Yeah. So 170 that was what they'd emailed over. We've shown them, I think, 40 or 50. We've offered on 10. Um, and Unsuccessfully. Unsuccessfully, yeah, yeah. more to do with their risk aversion yeah, yeah. of wanting to come in. We might be able to figure out exactly what a property is going to sell for because we've had good communication yeah. with the realtor and they're not willing to, to code that amount because they are afraid for whatever yeah. reason. So we're, we're talking about hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, hundreds of and hundreds so of hours. We don't want to go too deep into okay, that. Sorry. No, that's fine. I, I think that gives Got us... carried away. But that gives us an idea of... And then Cheryl's been an agent for about seven years now. So she also has the experience of being a numbers-driven and oriented person that she can have a quick look at doing comparables yeah. for a new agent, Good you know, it. it might take you a couple hours to, to yeah. look at five Yeah, okay, that's fair, properties. because we talk about it being 30 to 60 minutes per, yeah. but a new person, it's going to take more. Yeah. And what if you don't know the area very well? You've yeah. got it, because every neighborhood, like some streets are going to sell better than others. Some mm -hmm. are going to look better than others. And it takes time to kind of dig deeper on that even if you live on that street. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just touching on, you know, working with the buyer and those kinds of hours that are involved. But uh, let's bring it back around to just a couple of the points with regards to becoming a realtor in our market, because we're here in Toronto. Uh, there are over 70,000 Toronto Region real estate board members. So that's 70,000 plus agent. It's competitive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's 70,000 of us um, and there's only so many clients. There's only so many transactions and purchases and sales that have every single year. So for somebody that's coming in brand new, you're also in many cases going up against uh, two or three or four realtors that are, people might be interviewing to work with them. First, without question, as a seller, if you're going to list the property. Uh, and in some cases, buyers will interview multiple. Not even interviewing. I think your choice becomes endless. Yeah. You know, you don't as a consumer necessarily understand what it takes to be a realtor and what a realtor their job entails so you don't know that if you're choosing you know your friend who just got their license or the popular agent in the area or aunt sally or whatever it might be you don't know what their level of experience is good old aunt sally here we are again <laughs> aunt jane <laughs> yeah that's whatever uncle frank yeah um but you don't know like because it's confusing to the consumer on what exactly you need to be looking for in a realtor yeah yes yeah. because what do we do it's not really that clear to people no. it seems like oh anyone Aunt Sally can open a door just as good as anybody else there's no job description because there really it's, isn't. it's not just a, a cut and dry and because we're self-employed everybody totally. does their business different absolutely I'm yep. gonna get to that that's a very good point just a couple of points along um 50 of those 70,000 plus agents either exit during a year or do zero to one deals per year. And we got this from someone that was at the uh, Buzz Conference mm -hmm. who'd run their numbers. So And those numbers have been the same, I think almost, or similar in yeah. percentages wise. That's right. To as long as we've been realtors. Yeah, so you, you can figure it out. If, if half the agents are only doing zero or one deals per year or deciding that, okay, I've tried it and it's not for me. Wouldn't call the, them the expert. No, there, there's a lot of turnover. And also to that though. So, you know, you could say, well, some of those people that became realtors, they weren't very good at it, whatever it may be but we talked about when we discussed having this podcast that even us in our first year of business and i'm just gonna go out and say that we are good realtors all of us of we're course. great realtors. right but my first year of business i made about like twelve thousand yeah. dollars that's more than we made so if you want to be a realtor do you realize that your first year of business you are not making any money like yeah. you're still and you're sinking. grinding you're and you're grinding and you're usually spending money on licensing fees and trainings yep. and the we're whole nine years that too for sure so you gotta hustle 
you real people don't realize that when you get uh, your license, it's not like uh, these clients magically show up. And you join a brokerage, they don't magically provide you with you know leads, uh, potential clients. I think that's a big one to talk about. We will talk about that later on. For and sure. remember that we're self-employed. Yeah. So when you're first starting any business, mm -hmm. usually what the government allows the first couple of years to show a loss. Yeah. It's the same with real estate. Because yeah. yeah. even though you spent, you made say, well, we made like seven thousand or yeah. something our first year. Yeah. Uh, how much do you think we paid? Oh, out more. for your marketing, think, for your licensing. Well, I for think your, just your licensing exactly. fees, just all of the like Treb and yeah. Rico and all that stuff, yeah. I think was four or five or six or seven or eight thousand. Yeah. <laughs> it was our first year, so we had all the initial fees, That's right? right? Mm -hmm. That's right. Plus, you're paying off your, your courses still. Yeah. You haven't been working yeah. because you've been taking the courses. That's right. Or At least most people. Yeah. That, and we all decided to get into real estate full time. So, and we recommend people that want to become a realtor. Want we to have become that a successful realtor. Successful realtor. We have that candid discussion with them saying, okay, are you going to concentrate on real estate full time? Or are you going to try to juggle multiple careers at, while trying to grow a business? And it's not like you're just getting into a career, you're starting a business. Mm. Because I have it here multiple times in my notes that you're an entrepreneur and you're running your own business. There's costs involved. You should have a business plan. You should have really good training. Now, when it comes to the training aspect it starts with taking all the courses and getting Very your license the barrier to entry in this segment of uh, in this job segment is very low it's very low. You know, we've all taken the courses. I know that's changed a little bit since when we've done it. It's now. At I've Humber. heard it's, it's in some levels. It's more basic. They yeah. do have the that I don't know what it's called, but when they do the like articling. Uh, no, no, it's it's when you oh, hands-on experience yeah, kind like of idea. Yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. I wish they had more of that because I think there has never been a realtor I've spoken to personally who has come out of those courses and went, "I'm ready. I learned all I need to learn." All you really learn is basically you don't want to get bounce. Yeah, you, you there's, don't there's, get very, there's very little practical training in, yeah. in the coursework. There we really learned about is. farmland that we knew we would never, ever. We in Toronto, but yeah. they're obviously they're doing training for agents all across Ontario. So yes. there's going to be a lot of rural agents as well. Um, they're not going to be dealing with condos and like we are here in the city. calling it training? I don't think it's training. No, it's, it's just getting a license. Yeah, it's licensing, yeah. yeah. It's, and so courses. we've talked about, and most people, you come out of those courses, you go to write your first offer. Yeah. You don't know how I, to write the offer. You I don't know what papers you need. If someone's not there to help you, you don't have the right papers. We often know when a new agent is offering on one of our properties because they send us all the wrong papers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the right ones too, but extra ones they didn't yeah. need to send us. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, it's hard. So, um, you know, and you're on your own. If you join a discount brokerage, let's talk about training, right. because training is totally separate. Once you get your license, uh, a big decision on whether or not, in our opinion is, uh, if you're gonna be successful, is if what kind of brokerage that you join. Yeah. And there's a lot of short-sighted agents that are like, how much do I have to pay this brokerage? Thinking that, you know, your splits uh, that you pay to the brokerage, uh, or if it's a, a discount brokerage where there's very little fees that you pay out, it doesn't equal Less let's, money in your pocket. Let's not call them short-sighted because okay. even you and I, we were not short-sighted. But of course, know. when you start and you have no money and you're trying to sort of balance your new business, you're trying to look for the most inexpensive mm. option you can get while still putting forward what yeah. it is that you want to do. And every person runs their business differently. So 
like a discount brokerage might work for somebody who's already coming out of some sort of entrepreneurial job. Sure. So they already understand certain things. But you may right? not have a lot of good training. Uh, no, but you might be, you own. might, you don't, you do it on your own. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I think a lot, some people do get into the business and understand that they're going to sign up for coaching and they're going to go do the Buffini or the Tom or Mike Ferry. Like they're going to do those trainings on top of whatever it is they're paying their brokerage. So not everyone looks for training within their brokerage. So I don't think that short sighted is the correct word. I know that you're speaking in terms of the majority of the, the majority. people we know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know, you're you're kind of on your own a little bit more uh, for the most part if you join a discount brokerage, unless you have some people that are already agents that are close to you that could be a good mentor yeah. that could walk you through it. And but not masterminds everyone. Masterminds that are uh, like from yeah. a part. And we'd recommend join these masterminds. Yeah. Seek out experienced agents if you're going to start your career in real estate, because uh, that training, that mentorship, that camaraderie can really help launch your career and make you a happier realtor as well. We belong to a couple of Facebook groups that I think are great communities. Yeah. We don't use them ourselves, but we see people helping each other all the time on those Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's true. I'm new. I don't have a mentor. How do I do X, Y, and Z? And do, do you think, Send me an email. I'll help you out with that. Absolutely. And do you think most new agents will be helping out friends and family members with their first couple transactions? It it, I'm saying most. Um, and they may not have the experience to, to deal with a you know two million dollar sale no. difficult property uh commercial yeah. so you know how confident are you as the consumer to be using someone that's licensed and brand new if they don't even have that experience you're dealing with millions of dollars of responsibility your mm -hmm. largest financial asset to have that in the hands of someone that's brand new it, it's going to happen sooner or later new agents are out there uh, we were new agents at yeah. one point in time but if you have uh, if you join a good brokerage with uh, or you have good mentorship uh, you you can lean heavy on those people with their experience. So your point being, once you are new and you're licensed and it doesn't automatically happen, don't expect that maybe the consumer is going to trust you yet. Right. You've yeah. got to sort of build that trust up. Yeah, because we hear it a lot. Uh, people want to get their license just so they can do one or two deals a yeah, year for family members. You're not doing those people one or justice. two deals yeah. Yeah, a year. They, they don't necessarily justice. have the knowledge or experience to be competent in our, in my opinion. It, sure, it might be fine, but what if it isn't? Yeah. Right. What if it isn't means it could be litigious lawsuits, uh, opening yourself up a big can of worms. And just and not doing the best. You know, right. This is your family member. These yeah. are people that you care about. Don't you want them to get the most amount of yeah. money for their property? Totally. totally. Um, can I just, I don't know if you have this on your list, but we were talking about what it means to be a realtor. Do you think that there's a general perception that back to we open doors and it's just about houses, people assume listing agents you're selling a house. People don't talk as much about the buyer agent and buying a house. Like people are always assuming, oh, you're selling a house. You're selling a house. Yeah, they're, selling a house. Yeah. true. I don't they're even know if everybody house. realizes. I didn't realize it Most people, before I was an agent. Yeah, we've right? seen people like, that don't realize there, it. There's, there's two agents that uh, account for the majority of the transactions, someone representing a buyer and someone representing a seller. For a good reason. But, uh, but so do you agree that most people just assume, because you know, staging, all that kind of stuff, yeah. they, put real estate, it's mostly listing, no. not thinking about the buyer agent, not even thinking about the landlord and tenant agents, no, which no, those course. exist as well, right? And, and I think the majority of n transactions done by new agents tend to be working with buyers or, as or well. Or tenants. Or tenants, yeah, oh, That's gosh, just leases. It. When we're talking about, yeah, yeah, how did we make these $12,000, $7,000 our first years? Mostly leases. 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 Yes, yeah. the underworld of the real estate industry, but that's where people <laughs> start. Gonna, we, people need places to live. If they yeah. can't buy, they're going to be needing to, to rent. And there's landlords out there, investor clients that we work with, that are Definitely. going to need the help of an agent to get those properties leased out. And it's less um, pressure. 
because it's a smaller amount. Yeah. It's more pressure. I was going to say, in some ways, it's more pressure. The emotional, well, it's more work the, it, and cases. the emotional aspect, obviously, if you want to take good care of your client, it's just as stressful for a tenant, especially in the Toronto market where there's always low inventory for rentals. But they're, from a perspective of learning, yeah. you yes. don't have the weight of the world, that $2 million house on your shoulders, right. which, you know, like it's part and parcel. Emotional is such a big part of real estate for your landlord, your tenants, your buyer, your seller. But also there's this big thing that's called a huge chunk of your life savings, probably the biggest purchase or acquisition you'll make in your lifetime at that point. Big responsibilities, yeah. yeah. It's amazing to me when I think sometimes, and I think about people that um, don't really know what we do, and like it's amazing how much people that we just meet and they trust us, I don't know if they realize right away, but they are trusting us with so much mm -hmm. money and so, it's their housing, it's where they live, it, it, it's their yeah. entire life. Yeah. And yeah. it's very, um, I'm very grateful that our clients. It is. It's also something I think that when you're getting into real estate, it's not about pretty houses. Like there's there's a, a psychology to it of making sure that those people feel like they can trust you with yes. that, and that we take that seriously. And I keep saying two million, but it could be three hundred thousand. Yeah. But yes. it's still a huge deal to somebody, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. I want to. We could go on and on. This could be a two-hour yeah. podcast, but, but I'm going to move it, it along. Back around, yeah. yeah. Um, what do you think the hardest part of being an agent is, Cheryl? There's many, but right. we what generally, do we usually the, say? the first thing we usually say is dealing with other agents. Yeah, because that's the... For me personally, I like the emotional aspect because oh, I think you guys too, because we're people persons yeah. and we're customer service focused. So that is hard. The management of doing real estate is hard. Learning about houses is hard. But dealing with other realtors yeah, we and the different yeah, levels, different, levels, different <laughs> experience, different, different ethical ways yeah. of behaving. Are, are they willing to work with you or are they kind of working are against you? Are they adversarial or are they looking yeah. for a win-win? Yeah. And, and mm. communication is key. And, and you know, there's, there's agents that, that list two, $3 million properties. They don't even have their phone number on the listing. So or they don't do professional photos. And, exactly. Like, so, you know, and yeah. that could be a whole other podcast. But You said what's the hardest part of our job? What was the answer? What do you, do you say the oh, same thing? Yeah. Thing? No, I mean, I think that the, um, and I don't know what people, I'm so curious, we should almost have like a get, a random guess, like what do you actually think about realtors? But yeah. the hardest thing for me, you know, and I, people think, well, this is just our job and we're just helping them, you right. know, and they're bidding and they can't get a house and it's stressful for them. And the hardest part of being a realtor is like when we go home, we're not just like, well, day's work done, going yeah. to sleep. No. I lie there at night thinking about these people and yeah. thinking about their houses and thinking about things they didn't quite like and trying to get rid of that, like all yeah. those emotions you're absorbing. You can't live a regular life. Every week you're in some new you know scenario where certain people you gotta help home with these them people and it's in the back of your mind a lot so that, that's that's interesting to hear that that's one of the toughest parts I, you, you find i think that's a good yeah. answer actually because i like how Shows many times have I, i've oh. cried over our clients not getting yeah. something i've been up all night waiting to hear if we've got an offer accepted like the, the first year or two as well if we had say a listing or we had an this, offer you and, carry their stress oh my gosh yes. yeah i lose sleep you're trying to purposefully absorb it from that stomach yes. aches my ulcer acting up right just because yeah. you care about true clients. because part of our job is to make it a less stress ex less stressful experience for them yeah. so we're we're absorbing yeah. it from them okay that's yeah that's a, a good, answer. good answer but you would say the realtors thing as well yeah and yeah some of the most fulfilling and enriching um parts of the job is also working with great agents on the other yes. side yes. you know like having someone come together with you to bring a buyer and a seller together for a mutually beneficial yeah. end result and uh it's it's very 
rewarding. It is. It's also very, uh, what's that word? When when you're like on the other end, you're like, oh, you think just like me. Oh, yeah. oh no, win, win. When you yeah. find out, it's like meeting it's like your husband. Yeah. I mean, that sounds ridiculous, but like a, <laughs> a listing as a buyer's agent. When you meet a listing agent, all of a sudden you realize you're actually on the same page. It's like, oh my gosh, yeah. I could just kiss We want you. a happy buyer and a happy seller. This is exciting. That's right. All right, let's talk about if you do want to become a realtor, what costs involved. Um, and Cheryl, we're going to lean on you because you yes. probably know how much each one of these are. There, there's board fees with the Toronto... Uh, okay, no. So I'm looking down at this list in front of that me. That I made. And I was like, well, I wish you would have told me I would have collected all the numbers because yeah. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. I, I honestly don't... Like, I know that it's we just... It's thousands of dollars yes. per year. It's a few... I think that all of the fees in, it's like like two or 3,000 per person. On the YouTube video, I'm gonna put the exact numbers uh, yeah, right there. Like Treb, Aria, which is the Ontario Real Estate Association, CREA, which is Canadian, you have your insurance. Then you have what you pay to your brokerage, depending on what brokerage and your arrangements there, splits, desk fees. Which are your monthly. Marketing fees, you know. Um, and these these are the basics, because yeah. you're not talking about that some people need an admin, you're gonna need an accountant, you might need a bookkeeper, yeah. you know, like. Uh, all those costs that are part and parcel to running a business. Yeah. yeah. Right? So, um, and then of course, the cost of your courses initially as well. And if you're gonna go into it full time, make sure you have a buffer. We also have, when you first get started, of course, the cost of taking all the courses. Which and it's is, more expensive. The fees are more expensive the first right, year. Right. So we actually had a, a client who became an agent. Uh, I wrote this down because when I was doing the notes, she was, she's leaning on us, uh, had leaned on us quite a bit because she's feeling a little bit uh, defeated because it is so competitive. Um, she's not a full-time agent, but uh, you know, we are here to, to help them out. We like to help lift other agents up, especially if yeah. we know them. Um, yeah. And it can be a really uh, you know nice community if, if, if you want it to be. We were productivity coaches and you really leaned into that. You really enjoyed. You I know. liked helping new yeah. agents. Yes, yeah. I did. So let's talk about some misconceptions. Um, number one, <laughs> uh, you get to make your own schedule. Oh, How gosh. often do we hear that? Yeah, if your do own you schedule. Do you want to know what our schedules are? Do yes, you just... really quickly. Okay, so I wake up, usually you get up at 5.30, I'll get up at like 6, 6.30, and I almost always go, go directly to my computer. Yeah. And I, I, of... I shouted her for that. I'm like, sure. I, need to, I know I need to like buffer some. Live, work, balance. Balance is Some more always balance. tough. But if we're really busy, generally, as soon as I get up, yeah. until basically as soon as I go to bed, because you're usually doing something right near the end of the night. Yeah. You might have days where, yeah, you can find, take a couple of hours for lunch or dinner or go for a walk. But there are days where we work all the way through. And, and, and it's seven days a week. For sure. There's seasoned agents that have been around for years and years and years. Oh, yeah. Um, that can have a little bit more flexibility. Uh, I'm really bad at work-life balance. Yes. So I should not be looked at as the average. No. But brand new agents, <laughs> that if you say no to stuff, like if you make yourself not asking. available, exactly. Yeah. So you have to kind of... I want to say peaks and valleys, right? So we, when we say like when we're very busy, but just as sort of a disclaimer, so we tend to be really busy, like five to six months out of the year, let's say, where we are literally working from the moment we get up to, and Sean and I talk about, we literally sit in bed at night after everything is done okay, and I have a you. list of things, things that need to be done today, you know, could be done tomorrow, could be done this week, and literally work through that list of things because I will fall asleep inevitably. So I have to prioritize it because if I fall asleep while doing something that could be done this week, it's no big deal, I can do it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So we're literally working ourselves to sleep. Yeah. And then <laughs> sleep with our computer often in the bed because you wake up and you put it to the side and then you wake up in the morning and then you, yeah. you're starting again. That's true. And there are a lot of books out there, The Millionaire Real Estate Model, The One Thing, um, and there's all different coaching models where they have it so 
so that you are very time blocked for your schedule, mm. it's so difficult to do. Because you're not working on your schedule. No. You're working on your clients' you schedules might have, as well. One month, you might have six clients that you're working with. Another and, month, uh, you might have one or two. And yes. you still need to fit in those regular things of running the business yes. and making sure your expertise yeah. is up to a certain level that you're mm -hmm. always keeping yourself fresh with knowledge. So that's a big one. Yeah. Making your own schedule. And there is, again, flexible work hours. That's what people say. Sure, it it's is flexible. flexible. Yeah. yeah. You can work all night in the middle of the night. Yeah. Every day. So flexible. Well, we're not I mean, nine to five. Flexible. That's the definition of flexible. You know what? Cheryl and I, when we've been super busy, it, we've been flexible in the fact that, like, okay, we, we have to run and do uh, appointments. Uh, we got a listing appointment. We got to do some showings. But then we're like, hey, we have three hour break in the afternoon and it's, it's sunny. So we'll go sit on a patio. Yes. Right? So and send if, Nicole a picture. Yeah, I usually. <laughs> no. uh, and if, uh, if you're a nine to five job, there is no flexibility. Yes, so no. yes, you're flexible if you can turn yourself into a pretzel because we have to do that quite So often. we're saying this almost yes. like uh, as fear. Okay, you have to understand you are not really making your own schedule. You actually, what it is, is you have to have an open schedule yeah. and you get lucky and get breaks. We're trying to do this as a fearful tactic, but in reality, sometimes it does work very well in our favor as well because you can make that doctor's or dentist appointment and yes. book yeah. things around it. I'm very grateful that if Noah is sick, I can just yes. stay home that day and take care of him. Mm -hmm. Stuff yeah. has to be rebooked or sometimes he's got to ride around the back of the car, but... <laughs> Don't Mi barf on the client. <laughs> misconceptions. This is another one. We'll kind of wrap up the misconception part. Uh, I think reality shows yeah. give, oh give a false yes. preconception of the glamorous lifestyle. Yeah. You know, it's not all sunshine and rainbows and driving Ferraris and no, million dollar, two million dollar listings and transactions like cold. you see on HGTV, yeah. million dollar listings, selling sunset. It's eating cold burritos in your car in the seven minutes between showings. That's more like it. Or yeah. it's a hot burrito, but it's like not good hot. Like I might get salmonella, but I'm so <laughs> I got hot because it's sitting anyway. in your car. Yeah. <laughs> like always, you miss your workouts through Three days that yes. that week, you're you're snacking on you know protein bars you've had in your purse for you know too yeah. long. That for some reason smell like fish. Yeah, sorry. So okay, we're gonna, we're gonna go. We just did misconceptions. Let's do some realities. And it's not all bad guys. Okay, we're gonna get to benefits and pros. But why do we um, do all this craziness? Uh, the realities are, and we hear this from a lot of agents when they first get started, is that it's lonely. Yes. You know, if you're you're a one-person show for the most part unless you join a team and a lot of folks okay, will so about that, but we yeah. hear that it's it's really you're not lonely, really, you're not lonely. Yeah. were you lonely yeah. when you before you yeah. joined with us um no <laughs> <laughs> thanks but, but wasn't that part of the reason why is that you wanted more camaraderie yes yeah. yes i thought i knew i would be. at the very beginning i guess at the very beginning you're just so excited and you're not lonely you're spending so much time doing stuff and you're slow and i remember being self-conscious about being slow so you didn't really want someone looking over your shoulder you want to get it but once you do get the basics, yeah, you want to talk to somebody about... And it's competitive because we're all looking for the same business. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard to find, again, you get excited when you find people who have sort of a come from abundance, you know, mindset mm -hmm. so that they don't mind sharing with you and talking about the things they've gone through. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, some of these realities we've already covered um, just with our, our banter, but yeah. I'm going to go through these and then um, we'll in a check. point by point, check. and then if there's anything that you ladies want to add. Okay. Uh, okay. So lonely. So lonely is a high divorce rate amongst realtors. Oh, yeah. Um, sure, yeah. <laughs> 
as it's true, um, and we'll touch on that. Um, we know quite a few real estate agents who uh, tend to drink a lot. Yeah. Oh. Uh, as yeah. a high rate of alcoholism. Um, we talked about the rate of attrition is very high. Yes. Uh, Which is know. also not good for your general mindset. No. Like it can cause depression. Like what am no. I doing wrong? Yeah. And these are the realities. Many are part-timers. So you're dealing with part-time agents in many cases. Uh, or if you yourself is a part-timer, it's difficult to really become successful. What How you much focus fun is on it expands. being a part-timer if you're working nine to five somewhere and then you have to oh, spend your five I, to nine hours like I can't doing imagine. work. And there's agents talk about yeah. that's how they got successful yeah. is they did have a, a full-time job at first yeah however you do right you usually don't make much for the first few years not months years years. yeah um there's multiple 16 hour days a week when you're busy and you know it's it's a good problem to have in some cases it means you're busy it means you're working hard but if you have children or family or a spouse that's not a realtor (laughs) hence the high divorce rate um, and you know, there might be multiple 16 hour days earlier in your career because you're hustling but or you're slow. Uh, or slow, yeah. but, but yeah. you're doing, you're doing leases. Now leases are usually the first few transactions and you can do, you know, like it's 40 hour weeks for a single client in some cases. So oh, yeah, they're a lot of work. it's feast and famine for many agents. Uh, it's nice Which if you can scary. keep your, yeah, it is. You don't know where your next paycheck is coming from. No steady pay- paycheck, no guaranteed salary for the most part. I know there's some people that work in pre-construction uh, as licensed agents that do get a salary, but we're talking for your, your typical real estate agents. And you know, it's usually better if, uh, if it is a, a married couple and you're a realtor, if your spouse has a good paying job. But there's yes. going to be a lot of dinners apart. There's going to be a lot of plans having to be changed, last minute dropping of things. So, um, so there's that. Anyone want to touch on those realities? Yeah. No, yeah. we should talk about the benefits. Yeah. yeah, I'm almost. I'm getting sad. Okay. All right, I quit. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's not all bad. There's some great things about being an agent. First of all, let's talk about it. There is a a potential to earn significant amounts. You know, if you're willing to hustle, it doesn't happen for everyone. It's it's the exception to the rule in many cases. But but so many people that want to become agents hold on to that as the main reason why they want to become an agent. They they figure out the cost of a house and they can figure out what compensation would be. It's it's not a guarantee in many, many cases. And it's a lot of hours. But, you know, to that benefit, uh, and that is a huge benefit. I was saying with this the other day, what other industry can you get into with a high school diploma, like, I don't know, Amway or something, and have the potential to make that this much Uh, income to have this much of a successful business without business training. Yeah. So can I just break down when you talk about like the money, the potential to earn, say somebody sells a million dollar house. Okay. Like we didn't even talk about the fact that you've got a lead gen, you've got to work that lead, that lead needs to buy. You're going to need to find a house after maybe you lose out on 10. I don't know, but you get that $25,000 paycheck and you're like, oh yeah, I'm rolling it. Then you have to pay like 8,000, 10,000 of that to taxes. Yeah. At least. Yeah. Uh, Maybe another I don't know. Whatever what, your splits are. Yeah, like a few thousand to your split. Yeah. Maybe even more, depending on what your split is. Yeah. Then you have to take all your fees yeah. out of there. And if you were the listing agent, if you're full service, there's a good chance that a, a good chunk of that you've already spent uh, as part of your service offering on the listing. Like we pay for staging, for example. Things like that. Home inspection. Um, so so that's, that's our business model. We don't mind doing that because we know that that gets our clients a better result. But there's, there's but lots of But from a buying, buying agent perspective, yeah. so not even a listing agent perspective, this is even going to be less money. Yeah. But say it's like, somewhere between five and $10,000 that you're getting. And that's on that one transaction that you've hustled your butt off for. Now you need that to happen consistently, (laughs) which means you have to be busy all the time if you want to have that 
earning yeah, that it has. Earner, yeah. For sure. So I think people need to understand that you're not taking home $25,000. No. no. You're maybe taking home 10 or less. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Another benefit, and I, I think this is a benefit, it's challenging. If you like to be challenged, yes. if you like to be pushed. I think that's a benefit. I think so too. Yeah. But that's if you like it. Some people don't, you know, like, and, and every day is different. Every transaction is different. Every client is different. Every property is different. Which is, you have to think on your feet and that is a challenge. Hmm. But it keeps it fresh. fun. I love that stuff. I love the, if people um, like to sit and do scheduled work in front of their computer nine to five this might not be the job for them. No, no not at all. Because no. you have to be able to think on your feet. If you get anxious when things aren't controlled or if you're OCD, this might not be the job for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you like to deal with people, that can be a, a nice I benefit. Wrote, it's a people yeah. industry. Yeah. It's. I think that it's not a benefit. I think that if you like people, if this you is a good and, and I have, there's a couple agents that we know that don't necessarily um, gel with working with the general public every day. And some of them will work as a realtor doing pre-construction, for example, or investing and not being out as much in the day-to-day uh, -day with, with clients mm. and, and networking and Can I tell like an that. anecdote? Sure. So it, this doesn't mean you have to be a super outgoing or social person, which both of you are very social by nature people and you're both very outgoing and not afraid to talk. I am not like you two and we've had these conversations amongst ourselves before. I'm the extroverted introvert where I actually don't like to be in front of people and I don't like to be the one talking and I don't want to ever cold call or door knock where you guys door knock and yeah. like it. You yeah. like meeting yeah. new people. I am not Going that person. Uh, yeah. So I didn't think I could be successful doing this because of that. But for all of you listening, if you are shy, we know some shy realtors, yeah. or if you know, you're better at not talking face to face, or if you know, if there's things that you think, oh, I'm, I'm a people person, but I don't have these skills to get out there and meet people. Yeah. There are agents out there who are successful and found their niche and their way to make it work. And I have done that. And now I realize like there isn't, it's not like one way to do it no. or even 10 ways to do it. How like, many times were you told Cheryl that Email, sending not, emails don't work to don't get count. clients don't count it don't help for conversion we, yeah, we for were told that generation. all it's got to be face yeah. to face it's not because cheryl's an, an amazing communicator both verbally and around people but she takes the time the effort she's articulate and uh, she provides so much good information in her communications that our clients have been drawn to that and her her email communications are are warm they're well structured uh there's a lot of them and a lot of follow-up because she's so scheduled and that has absolutely uh gained a lot of business for us so thank you. I think that also is combined with, you know, that I do like people and I remember birthdays yes. and kids' yeah. names and I'm you, interested I'm in people's lives. <laughs> have to though, as long as you have people's best interests at heart, however yes. you do, however yes. you're able to convey that, it will work. That is exactly it. If, as long as you have people's best interest at heart. It will come across. Yeah. So we just finished talking about the benefits. Let's talk about the good and the bad. Um, you know what I like and I think that's good is uh, appreciative clients. You know, it makes me feel pretty good when you have people that are really appreciative and, and convey that to you and thank you. And you know, you've made a difference in their life, finding a home for them, whether it be renting, whether it be buying. Maybe it's not appreciative clients because like obviously we would hope that most people would appreciate it's mm. clients that you can, you feel their happiness. Cause as the same yes. as we take on their stress, yes. when they're excited that they've just bought or sold or rented even like you feel that excitement. Yeah. And it's the thing that warms you inside. Like I just help somebody and look at how happy they are. And this is the best feeling ever that I got to share in that. Totally. Yeah. Yes. And we've, we've gone by and, and dropped even for some of our least clients, but, but dropped by a little bottle of bubbly 
and they, they have a bottle of wine for us. It's like, oh my God, you did not need to get us mm -hmm. anything. And so you get the warm and fuzzies for things like that. Not that we're expecting gifts from anybody. No, no, but you're also like, saying wow. it's a thing. It's a bit of a thankless job because people make this assumption that we get that $25,000 and that we work no hours and we're and that's all we care about. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think a lot of realtors do not care about that stuff. No. But yeah, so when they go, I saw how much you worked and I appreciate mm -hmm. that you cared about me and you, you know, and remembered how, my kids' names or whatever. And right. how many of those clients that we've worked with for months or sometimes years, you develop a relationship with them. And some of our clients, many of them have become good friends. Yes, which you is, can't. I, I, It's the trauma bond. Yeah. Guys, it's Toronto. It's hard to get a house. And whether, I was thinking about this, whether clients, the they just end up, trusting you and do what you say and you're able to get them a house and you're like you don't have any idea what happened to you and i'm so glad we were able to work together and make this work or they get every single part and you're like you could be a realtor now what either both of those people realize like this was one heck of a job yeah. and um makes the, tra you so the trauma bond the trauma bond that's <laughs> my new it. thing that's why we're so attached i think to our clients because we're speaking from our experience yeah. and the three of us are relationship builders we want to build our relationship based on having these bonds with our clients like we we don't want to work with people who are just looking for a transactional thing. We, we don't want to work with people who we don't sort of gel with as people or personalities. So right. I think when we speak about this, we're speaking very specifically about how we are. How we work, yeah. And there's there I know that there's a lot of agents out there that the vast majority of their sales and, and buys come from new clients. Transactional. Yeah, and then they don't spend time following up to keep the relationships going because it might be six or seven years before that client chooses to, to buy or sell again. But heck, we've trauma bonded and we like yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're and gonna invite oh them God. to the shed for a client appreciation yeah. event, which we've done. Well, hey, you know what, as well for, you agents or thinking people thinking about becoming an agent let's say you have that trauma bond it's absolutely amazing you buy a house for them and then three years later you drive by even after you've kept in touch with them and there's someone else's sign on their oh, lawn can't it feels it feels like you've it, been cheated on or it something it feels like you've yeah. been gut punched but this is another part of the business that yes. that happens all the time and you can't take it personally because nobody is thinking about what we are going through they're no. thinking about what's best for them and they don't owe us anything they we don't say that owe all us the time yeah but you said gut punch. It feels like a gut punch. And I want to talk, we've done the good, a uh, couple of the bads. Um, these types of things can happen. Uh, you know, we essentially, in many cases, do work for free. There's not a lot of yes, jobs yeah. out there where you might do 80 hours or more work $0. and then not be compensated at all for it. And that has happened to us many times. Many times. It's part of the business. It is part of the business. and uh, You, you know. have to understand that. If you get into the business, if you decide you want to be a realtor there, you have to understand you will be working for free yeah. a lot of the times. And you will, you will have people not uh, honor contracts and you know that there's yeah. that's a whole other can yeah. of worms that we can do yeah. uh and you know what do you do do you do you let it go um sometimes people say let it go because it's good for the soul Fo other times focus forward, focus forward. other yeah. times uh, is there accountability anyway so there are some um some bad things that can happen as well uh and and we, what you're talking about is almost you know when someone sort of purposefully does it but many times people will spend a hundred hours or six months or eight months looking for a house and then be like you know i i've just kind of changed my mind yeah. you gotta be okay with that no malice yeah. like yeah. I, I just I, this is gonna work yeah so that's enough for the bad i got a couple questions for you ladies i'm sure. excited so <laughs> now you've been an agent for years and years and years um a hundred of them actually would you is there anything that you would do different would have done different not become a realtor <laughs> starting out i yeah. guess eh? yeah maybe starting out what would you have done differently if anything are you happy where you're at the kind of if i knew then what i know now like yeah what, how would you have structured yourself better 
which could be some good advice for some. And maybe it's nothing. Oh. Maybe you can be glad that you did things yeah. the way you did it. And and I am glad. And so just to you know for newbie structure. So I started. I was by myself. I guess I said I wasn't lonely earlier, but I must have been because I joined a team and that didn't work out. That type of team. And, and then you I joined was another by team. Myself. <laughs> then I joined another team. That type of team didn't work out either. And then which you know there's just different personality types. It's not because it was bad. It just yeah. didn't really but work out. But before even that, you were the listing coordinator and admin for a team. So right. that might have been helpful too. If somebody wants to get into real estate that they start in the non-licensed sector. And it was. It's very helpful to see what's going to go down and not have your life and your job hanging on that. You see, you see it. And you see the cycle of it and you see it's going to work out, it's going to be okay and what you do and it, it does yeah. help uh, make it all okay. But no, I'm very yeah. happy. And then I forced John and Cheryl to work with me and <laughs> all of those were good decisions. All of them. So you wouldn't do anything differently. Nope. You'd still start out in an, an admin role. You still would go yeah. through the trying out teams to see what worked. Because those helped me really yep. figure out what did and didn't work. This is a good fail forward because you're going to fail a lot as yes. long as you take that information yeah. and make sure you can use it going forward yeah. to make yourself a better person, a better agent, whatever it might be. What about you, Cheryl? What would I do different? Yeah. Would you do anything different? I don't think so. Okay. I think that... I, because I have such terrible work-life balance, I would have tried to figure out how to balance Time better, a bit better. Better, I don't know. Like because I don't know. No. That's the only thing I I have. I think I have the most issues with is that there have been so many times where I've lost myself in this job because I'm trying to do such a good job for our clients yeah. that I forget that I also need to take care of me. First. And had a couple breakdowns over the years yeah. that I you know. Looking back now, I'm like, how could I? But how could I have avoided that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that if I were to do anything different, I probably would have uh, concentrated a little bit more on geographic farming starting out. Yes, you know, maybe a few years earlier than away. what we're doing. But um, yeah, earlier because when we first started, we were living on the Esplanade, yeah, we moved and around. we couldn't have done that. Yeah, that's so. Right. Um, do you have any big misconceptions that you remember when you first got started? Misconceptions. Yeah. I just remember, um, and I've heard this misconception a lot, so maybe now I'm remembering more because I've heard it, but people, and I've already sort of said it, that, oh, I like houses. Like being a realtor has something to do with, I mean, it, of course, it has a little bit to do with houses, yeah. but it has to do with like being people's therapists, being people's <laughs> lifeline, being people- Accountant. You yeah. know, being good at emotions, being yeah. good at Scheduler. statistics, being good at schedule. There's, it's- So it's many things. Just the so many things yeah. that- Multifaceted job. So do you think you understood what it meant to be self-employed and be an entrepreneur as a realtor? Do you think that's a misconception that not knowing that you were going to be all these different levels of things plus going to be running your business? Because all of that is kind of part and parcel. Maybe I didn't know how emotional it would be because I had a business before. Oh, right. right. right? Yeah. So I was knew that. I just didn't. I don't know. That you were going to need to carry on boxes of Kleenex in your car? <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> to pull over to the side of the road? Just start crying. And nap, cry. Oh, and nap and cry. <laughs> I put the Kleenexes over my eyes to nap. Uh, or to stop the mascara from your tears when you sleep? It's Okay, we're joking, but it's kind of... It's we, not, if you talk yeah. to any realtor who is a full-time realtor, true. we all have these stories. Broke agent. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, follow some of these uh, actually agents, broke agents. Yeah, broke agents. It's, it's funny. funny. Um, um, what are your? What was your biggest misconception? I I knew nothing. Like I absolutely, I had no clue what went into you know real estate transaction. The fact that there was two. Two ends, so usually represented by either, yeah. either side. I, again, I was one of those people that thought, oh, I'll be a real estate agent. The one agent that buys and sells a house. It's like, it's not. And and they're vastly different experiences working with a buyer, working with a seller. So, uh, And 
other things. I didn't realize how many hours it's, it was going to be. Like, and Cheryl works way harder than I do. I have a different kind of skill set because, as you can see, all this tech around us is one of the big things that that I do, which which comes into us marketing ourselves and 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 marketing our listings and and things. But just the the sheer you you have to put a lot of hours in if you want to be successful. And I think you, you have anything, to, no matter what. Exactly, with anything. I thought of one. Can I say it quickly? And sure. we hear this a lot. And I didn't, like, people had said it to me. And I was like, yeah, that's true. That sounds great. But this doesn't happen. If people think, okay, you know, you're looking at, you're making your 2.5%. And people are like, God, if I could just sell two houses yeah. a year, yeah. that'll be a great. Oh and sure, God. it would be if you weren't paying all your splits. And if that were actually possible. Yeah. No one's selling, they're selling, like, no houses and doing a few leases. Either, or they're selling lots of yeah, houses. Or they're selling 20. Yes, there's <laughs> well, no in between Back to your here. stats. You didn't talk about it. You said fifty percent do zero or one, but yeah. there's like literally the top ten percent do the majority. Oh yeah, of business, and I did have right? this. The top ten percent do about eighty or ninety percent of the business. Right, and yeah. we come across the same people over and over again yeah. because we're all full time. And to active break realtors. into that takes years. Yes. So something to think about. Uh, do we have any regrets, or is it no regrets? No regrets. Hmm. I I would like to go to the washroom. I'm kidding. No, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, Doug. uh, Doug's regretting helping us do this podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Dougie. Dad, I should say. Um, yeah, but because we're going to go to takeaways after. If, uh, I like to say no regrets. We, we, we're here. I have none. No, I no. have none. I mean, if anything, any the only regret I'm like spinning around in my mind is like I before I started working in real estate, I wish I had paid more attention to the market. I feel like I only really started paying attention six years ago. And so when people reference stuff before that, I feel a little, I mean, I can look at statistics and the stories, but I feel a little inadequate because I wasn't really paying attention before. And so, I don't know, that's a random regret, but yeah. I wish I knew more before I started. Right. Do you know, I want to go, because I didn't answer the thing about the misconception. I remember when we first started and just not understanding why there were, like, the same as that we get contacted. I saw a listing on your website. Yes, but it's the MLS feeds all of the websites. It's so confusing for the consumer. Yep. And I was like, I don't understand what this means and how to like break into a brokerage. <laughs> you know, I don't even know how to sign myself up. What do I do? Where yeah. do I park my license? I don't get it. How does it work? And I don't think that was a misconception. I really truly was like fish out of water. And as you know, I wasn't as, maybe this would be a reverse regret. I didn't want to be a realtor. I was worried about working together still. Yeah. There were all these things. I was like, but I don't know what I want to do. And we already have the ball rolling. So we'll see where this goes. And I know I'm a hard worker and I know I'm driven. Yeah. And I was afraid of the people person stuff and knowing that I was a little introverted. I have a reverse regret. I am so happy that we chose this because yeah. I didn't realize how much I love relationship building, how much I love statistics. I didn't realize I was that much of a numbers person. You're great person. at it too. Mm -hmm. And I like obviously like the design aspect and all of that too. So yeah. Thanks for that, Cheryl. <laughs> uh, okay, so, so let's talk about maybe some takeaways. Uh, I want to touch on this for all those people that think that becoming an agent means that you get business handed to you. You don't. Yeah. Uh, you don't usually get new clients' leads passed on to you. You have to, the biggest part of the job, in my opinion, and most people say, is client acquisition, getting lead generation. Lead, lead generation. You have to do that. Um, you may, if you join a team, a big team, 
have them pass some leads on to you. You still have to convert those You leads. still do have to convert them. And if you join a team, you also have to pay uh, a considerable split. splits to that. So that's definitely something to keep in mind for those people that are thinking of becoming an agent. Yeah. Um, other takeaways, it can be very lonely. Or not. <laughs> right it can if you're a people person you, you i think you can choose to, yeah. to if you're outgoing if you join a good broker with mentors i think though if people. you're taking the uh averages most realtors would talk about the lonely aspect yeah. and yeah. how they've overcome it for themselves in their business yes yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it can be very rewarding or not <laughs> here's another takeaway yeah you know what uh, 10 percent of the agents doing 90 percent of the business and they're the ones that have been there it's it's hard to to break in and it, usually it takes two to three years before you're you're making yes, it probably money. usually takes more than that yeah. like that was sort of our experience oh it takes two to three years i'm sure there's yeah. people out there it's taken much longer yeah yeah, yeah. uh it can be a lot of hours or not <laughs> but usually if, if and when we say successful if you want to be successful it will probably take a lot of hours but success means something different to every person i think a successful business owner is somebody who is making the comfortable amount of money that they need in order to run that business and sustain their lifestyle or have their work balance yeah. or whatever yeah. but you still like you're not going to probably have a successful business if you're only doing one or two deals yeah. per year uh and i i think this is the biggest takeaway for all of you listening that you as a realtor, are an entrepreneur and a business owner. Yeah, you're not an employee in most cases. So don't yeah. accept to clock in, clock out, and get a get a paycheck and have uh, a really defined uh, job description or scope of work. Uh, your and and how you choose to run your business. Your business is going to be different than a realtor X, Y, and Z. Very simply. You get your license. You need to park said license at a brokerage in order to trade. At least this is the way it works in yep. most of Canada and the USA. Um, the brokerage does not pay you. You pay the brokerage. The brokerage is never going to check in on you to see if you want to go to training. They might offer training, but that is up to you to join those training. So you are on your own, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else do we have here? You know, so much is going to depend with your success as a realtor, on your motivation. Mindset. Highly motiv motivated and driven people are usually the ones to succeed. Mindset is everything with life, usually yeah. as well. And that doesn't mean type A personality. No, this it doesn't have to many. be. This yeah. can be many. I have a question before you go further. Do you love your job? Oh, yes. Do you love Absolutely. your job? Absolutely. Do you love your job? I love my job. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't, I'm ruined. Couldn't do anything. I, I think about that now too. Like obviously because this is very time consuming and sometimes can be very difficult emotionally and all that for us. What would I do if I wasn't doing this? Lay in bed and cry. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. And also I love you guys. Oh, I know. <laughs> we love you. This is a really nice way to, t to finish it because we talked, I, we didn't, I didn't want this to be negative. And yes, we talked about the pros and cons and there's misconceptions and there's the ugly that goes along with the bad and the good. But, uh, you know, you're talking to three agents here that, that love what they do. It's taken us years to get to where we're at. Uh, we don't want to have anyone listening not choose to become a realtor just because of what we said, but we want you to have all the information. Realistic. Uh, be realistic, exactly. So you think the takeaway that all of us had, we came off with a certain voice of, do you think somebody should be a realtor if they come and ask you? The takeaway, our answers were all the same. Yeah, yeah. if you have the right mindset, if you're driven enough, if you are getting into it for the right reasons, 100% do it. If you understand all the con, all, all, everything that it entails, and don't think that the courses are gonna teach you that or help you with that. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what is in those six <laughs> courses we take. Yeah. There's Can't nothing remember. in there yeah. that's useful. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, on that note, 
Um, just want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, this is the end of the show. Uh, as always, we're going to give a shout out to a local business. Uh, I want to talk about Good Neighbor. Um, I love Good Neighbor. It's there on Queen Street East. Uh, we end up buying quite a few uh, bits for closing there's gifts. One in and, uh, as well. there's, there is so East Side and West Side. Um, and uh, you know, if you want to know about uh, some of the local businesses that we've worked with in the past, uh, you can go to supportlocalgta.com. Uh, we love to give back and we love to support local. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast and any of our other episodes please don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and others. Uh, it's also on our social media accounts. Facebook and Instagram and YouTube is at J&C Toronto Group. Most importantly, you can find out all about us and access our podcasts and additional content at therealestatepodcast.ca. Hmm. You can find out more about us if you knock on our door and start asking us questions. You can do that too. <laughs> Drop us an email. <laughs> slip into our DMs. I, is that? I don't, I don't know, know if we know what that means. No, I'm not sure we should say that. You're dating. Uh, don't you know that? Somebody please call us and tell us what that means. Yeah, we, we're too old to know what that means properly. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, folks. Uh, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye. Bye. You have been listening to therealestatepodcast.ca. Visit our website for more episodes and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at JNC Toronto Group. Thank you.